It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show, which means we're about to get into our Bible study. Before we do, we're going to find out what you've had to say about the first half of the show. We are also going to have the fourth question for our quiz. Question clue. We will see it right now. It says, I was accused. Uh, I was... I... <laughs> I accused. This is the, the COVID, the COVID brain fog from like yeah, three months dude, ago, right? I, got, I had COVID in January and it's still yeah, it's just yeah, in there. It's mm-hmm, in the brain. Mm-hmm. I accused a praying woman of being drunk. That's rough. That's pretty gnarly. That's rough. Yeah. You get in trouble for that. You get cancelled big time for that these days. Yeah. This guy This guy is having an interesting life. He has a grandson. A His name life, means really. the glory departed from Israel. He falls off a chair and dies. And, um, yeah, he accused a praying woman of being drunk. 0491 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. And if you do, you can say, may I enter the quiz? And you can enter to win our quiz uh, prize for this week, the Bibliopoly board game. So all you have to do is say, may I enter the quiz? And you will go in the draw. And we draw that tomorrow. Yeah, it's um, you can't even begin to imagine how embarrassed this guy must have felt. <laughs> You know, it's like, hey, drunk lady, yeah. get out of here. She's like, I'm praying. <laughs> and grieving. Yeah. She oh, was praying she was and really grieving. really sad, too. <clears throat> mm. All right. If you know the story, then uh, shoot your answer through for us. Mm. All right. Let's go ahead and have a look at what you had to say uh, about the show this morning. What a few text messages come through here. Uh, let me see. We'll go back to this particular one about the dog, which we started the show off with. Mm. Where did that one go? I had it a moment ago. Here we go. Maybe the dog was an angelic dog. I just floated in there. Well, I'm sure angels have come in the form of dogs before, so, you know, and helped people out in really positive ways. Mm-hmm. They come in the form of humans, so why not? Um, except that it's kind of gone back and lived with its family. Yeah, it's like has an a owner and a history. And, and yeah. yeah. But it was still a pretty cool story. <laughs> okay, the Wellington Middle School, that is a dirty trick to play on children. And I'm sure there was no pun intended right there, but there's certainly one right in it. Anybody else would have been arrested for doing so, but these groups can get away with murder. And that's that's the reality of it, you know. Mm. Do this a few years ago and you would be instantly locked up for grooming children. Mm. This is the worst kind of grooming that there is. Um, <clears throat> and uh, surely these teachers are demons impersonating humans. Who gives them the power to do this? Mm. Splash. Yeah. Splash is the organisation. They will be judged. Yeah. Okay, then we had the story about uh, Alaskan Airlines and the Equality Act, uh, another trap for normal people, especially Christians. The world surely is ruled by Satan, which is exactly what he wants just before Jesus' return. The world will be like Sodom and Gomorrah. I would hate to be in the shoes of the leaders who planned for this to happen. Yeah. I, I, I was talking with Lyle during the break after that segment, and I was like, what these new women need to do is, like, just claim, like, you are persecuting women of faith. And, like, dude, people, like, you are you are persecuting feminist ideology. Well, they are persecuting feminist ideology because they are supporting biological men playing in women's sports and yep. robbing women of titles and scholarships and medals and every other mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, so they just need to, like, they need to, like, campaign themselves as, like, like if they're going to, like, counter-sue or whatever it may be, not counter-sue, but sue these guys, yes. um, like, they need to just go hard on that. I'll I have my support, like, from the religious perspective, but these are women of faith that are being persecuted for their, their views, which is tough. Okay, Braden has this to say just to show the true nature of the LGBTQ leaders. Mm. Uh, and, and I would say this is not with all of them, but with a lot. Mm. Uh, for them 
to want to lie implies they feel guilty and need to use deception to encourage that is so conversion. True. That is so true. Total opposite to how Christianity converts people or how Jesus shows it should be done. It is. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. You know, when, when, Christi- when, Christi- when, when Christianity wants to convert people, what do we do? We go out and we run a program and we invite the public to come and it is open for every person. Mm. There's nothing ever done behind closed doors or in secret. But this is the thing. Like, a Christianity gets accused by these groups like, oh, you run Christian schools so that you can influence kids towards faith. But then it's like to even go to scripture class, like at school, you have to get a note signed by your parents, like to attend religious and classes. I know a and lot of, I know a lot of school chaplains. And do you know what one of their main emphases is? Like it's reaching out yeah. to the parents. That's because, obviously... With the message of the gospel. Like, these schools exist, the Christian schools exist, and these chaplains exist. We want people to be saved. We That's want right. people to come to Jesus. Absolutely. And we're completely open about it. And then yep. to the point where we'll even go to the parents and say, hey, we want you to be included in this. We won't That's right. like secretly radicalize your kid. We will teach your children about Jesus and then we will encourage your children to go home and tell your parents about yeah. what you've learned. Whereas these people are like, don't tell your parents about what you learned today because it's just... Lie to your parents. That's just abuse, bro. Like it's literally... It's training children to be criminals, if nothing else. That's so wild. Oh. I hate this. But this is a thing. Like, if Christianity, like, if a Christian group was doing this, I would equally say it's just as wrong. It's just yes. as... Like, obviously, I don't yes. agree with LGBT ideology, um, which I think is another factor for me. But if a Christian we need to remember, group we need, was, we need to qualify that because we need to qualify things these days yeah. by saying we believe in full acceptance, just not affirmation. That's right. Well, we don't hate gay people. Of course like, not. Yeah, we, we love them. Full acceptance yeah. of them as a blood-bought child of God. That's right. But, uh, but you know, we... Here on the show, yeah, we don't affirm that lifestyle. Yes. And so that's, that's like, that's the point is like, but if a Christian group was doing this, like secretively trying to get kids in secret to come to church and lie to their parents, like that, well, that's literally a sin, like according to the Bible. That's so, right. So I'm, I Imagine would, if you had a Christian school that was converting children and baptizing them secretly and saying, don't go home and tell your children, your parents, you got baptized today. Yeah. Imagine the outrage that would that cause. That is so cringe, dude. Oh, but yeah, that's that's what we're seeing. That's so wild. Because ultimately, like the biggest problem here is that they're just they're just abusing kids. They're just treating them okay, so, so Janelle terribly. was um, listening to this story also, and she sent this news article through here. Australian supermarket chain Coles has announced a new policy to support its transgender and gender diverse staff, giving them up to ten days of paid gender affirmative leave. So I'd like 10 days of religious affirmative leave because <laughs> yes. I face discrimination and bigotry. <laughs> yeah, I discriminate against Lyle and he wants to get out of here. What a, wild, what a wild society we live in today. Mm. It's just... So, okay, so that's the purpose of the leave. Like, if you feel discriminated against, you can take time no, no, off. No, 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 no. If you're if you in that category, then you can take that time off because this is just some extra 10 days of leave that you get because you were in that category okay. and, and, you know... yeah. And you are oppressed. So we'll give you some extra paid time. Yeah. Sick. Problem is, Lawson, you're not oppressed. <laughs> we need to find a way that we're oppressed. Let's let's this thing about it. I'm sure that we have been How oppressed. How am I a victim? You're, you're, you've been oppressed. You've been oppressed somewhere. Somewhere. Get that ten days. Take it to our employer. We want ten days off. That's that's the thing though. Like we don't we don't want to be victims. No. No one wants to be a victim. Like Well Well, this is the thing. Like people want these people want to be victims, but we shouldn't want to be no, victims. No, we want to be survivors, not victims. Mm. This is this is tough. 
Let's go, to this, to, let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 24. And before we begin this, story, I've got a couple of questions for you, Lawson. Is uh, our arranged marriage is morally wrong? Uh, I, I don't know. I guess not. Really? Yeah. You're going to go there? Yeah, yes. dude, where's my arranged marriage? <laughs> <laughs> like... Okay, listeners. <laughs> Lawson's up for an arranged marriage. <laughs> get busy, everybody. Let's uh, get this. Let's get this sorted. That's, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so what I'm going to talk about today is some um, taboos, mm-hmm. cultural taboos, mm-hmm. Christian cultural taboos, mm. and some of them have existed in the past, and some of them exist in the present. Mm. And uh, particularly, we're going to look at taboos within marriage. Mm-hmm. So let's think about some of the things that. Uh, you find that are taboos in the Bible, well, uh, sorry, uh, taboos within culture, but not necessarily in the Bible. And let's start with arranged marriages because that's what our story is all about today. Mm. So an arranged marriage is typically, uh, if you go to a country where an arranged marriage happens, is that the parents get together and arrange a marriage for their children. So, you know, for instance, Lawson, your parents might get together with, you know, somebody else's parents and say, okay, that those other people might have a, a really nice daughter and your parents would look across and say, well, she's a really nice girl. Uh, we're going to ama- arrange a marriage between her and our son. Yeah. Now, now <laughs> how, would you, how would you feel about this, Lawson? <laughs> Why didn't my parents do that for me? <laughs> I'm just, this is a joke, by the way. This is, we're, just, we're just joking around, but that's so funny. That's, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. I know, I know, I've got friends uh-huh. who, this is how they were married. Wow. And, uh, you know, I've got one friend who didn't actually meet his wife because he was living in Australia until their wedding day. Mm. So pretty wild stuff. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. You know, one of the most interesting things about it was their wedding photos. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you, you know, he's travelled back to his country of uh, of where he was born, um, where this is part of the culture. And he's arrived there in time for the wedding and they've kind of met each other at the wedding. Mm. And you look at their wedding photos and they're both sort of staring into the camera like, what is happening to me? Like, <laughs> really, like um, particularly the wife was looking quite terrified mm. in the photos. Mm. And then, you know, you keep scrolling through the photos and you get to the honeymoon photos and they're starting to get to know each other and they're starting to have fun and, you know, they're going out and enjoying life and, and suddenly they're all happy and relaxed and it's like, yeah, okay, this isn't the end of the world. This is actually <laughs> yeah, going to yeah, work yeah. out. And, uh, and that's where you find, that's where you find the, the, the looks on their faces that you would typically see at a, uh, a wedding that was a love match, you know, where you see just sort of that whole starry eyed mm. kind of, uh, in love kind of um, um, look on their faces. You see that in the honeymoon photos, not their wedding photos. That's so funny. It's like, don't put your wedding photos on your wall. Put your honeymoon <laughs> put photos on the honeymoon on photos. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> Where they're right. actually hug- hugging each other and, like, kissy face. And yeah, like, yeah, That's yeah, so yeah. funny. All that, all that. All that that's that so awesome. No, it, it is. It's an interesting one. And, of course, the story here is the story of uh, Abraham, who is wanting a wife for Isaac. Mm. And, uh, you know, Isaac is, you know, like 40 years old and still single. And so is Abraham's like, okay, we're going to get this sorted. Mm. And this is, a, this is actually interesting because I'm like, I'm thinking like Isaac's a catch, bro. Like, yes, he's like wealthy, like yes. all these things. He's been 40 years old. He's 40 years old and unmarried because of like obedience to his parents. And because he's just like, just, just getting it done. He's just living a life trying to follow God. 
Okay, so how would you feel, Lawson? Honestly, how would you feel if your mum and dad got together and said, "Okay, we're going to go and find a wife for you." Mm-hmm. How how would you, and, and you're going to you know you'll meet her on the wedding day and and it'll be all good. I would not want that at all. Okay, you'd feel pretty intimidated by that. Yeah, yeah. What if what if what if your because your dad uh, your dad uh, you know he's involved in business and so forth. What if your dad came to you and said, "Look, I'm sending old mate one of my employees, uh-huh. my foreman." Uh-huh. I'm sending my workshop foreman <laughs> to go find a wife for you. Now, how are you feeling? Oh, dude. That's kind of next level, I right? am, like, worried. That's next because, level. Because, like, the thing you have to understand is that I am a Christian and my parents are not Christian. And so the, yeah, the, that the be, pool that, that they're be, reaching yeah. into to find me a wife, I don't know if that would be a pool that I would want them to reach into. Well, they probably respect your yeah. Christianity. Hey, look, if they're, if they're, if they look, it, from, from this story, we, we get the indication in the field, because uh, we're going to meet the, the arranged, you know, wife in a yes, little bit. We are. We get the indication that she is a lovely person and a, right. a great, beautiful, amazing girl. And so look, if my parents just produce one of those and was just like, Hey, <laughs> like, like this girl wants to marry you, I'd be like, Wow, thanks, Mum and Dad. <laughs> but right now, I find Mum and Dad, you listening right now? I I fight that battle alone right now. So so the so the uh, <laughs> the, the the issue is um, <clears throat> for our listeners get in get in contact with Lawson's Mum and Dad. <laughs> Send your recommendations through. Get this sorted for Lawson. Okay, so but the interesting thing about this story is that you know in West modern Western society, it was it's very easy for us to you know and, and when my friend was getting married. I was like, this is just wrong. Mm. You know, he was getting married through an arranged marriage because that was his culture, that was where he came from. And he was a devout Christian. Mm. And his family, his whole family, they were all Christians. They had a long history. I mean, they came from, you know, they were like Christians for the last 2,000 years. Wow. You know, there's a very old Christian church that they belonged to. And, you know, this wasn't... You know, it wasn't a situation where he'd travelled to uh, another country, is uh, in Australia, and become a Christian there. No, 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 no. The whole family Christians. Mm. But this is this was their culture, and their culture was arranged marriages. And at the time, I remember thinking, this is just wrong. Mm. You know, you can't, you can't. You know, marriage is like the most sacred thing ever. You can't have a marriage like this. Mm. What is interesting is that, um, statistically speaking, arranged marriages are actually just as successful mm. as. Love marriages. Now, I'm not. I never want to ever be a part of an arranged marriage. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but Lyle, you but are there is some interesting. Th- that's right. And if I was mm. suddenly single again, I will choose who I remarry. If I choose to remarry, no, it's all right. I'll, I'll arrange it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Shell, shell. This is speculation. This is theory. This is uh, this is theory. Yeah. So you know, and, and this is the thing because of mm-hmm. our culture. Often our culture comes into these things, and we say, "Well, that's just wrong because you know marriage is too sacred for it to be entrusted to somebody else." Mm-hmm. But what you're going to find is that there are all kinds of stories in the Bible that do away with our cultural norms. Mm. Uh, let me give a couple of other examples, maybe. What about cross-cultural relationships? Now, in our society here in Australia today, that's kind of become the norm. Mm-hmm. 30 years ago, not so much, but still culturally acceptable. Mm-hmm. Go back 60 years ago and people are going to raise their eyebrows. Mm. Go back 100 years ago and you're going to have people who are going to preach sermons against that. Mm. 
So what about that? Do we find that in the Bible? Well, like a cross-cultural marriage? Yeah. Or like the anti-cross-cultural marriage? No, cross-cultural marriage. Okay. Um, yeah. Moses and Zipporah. That's, that's like that's where the classic my, one right there my mind goes. And he's, was, he's actually grilled about it as well. She was an Ethiopian girl. Mm. And you and I have been to Ethiopia. They are beautiful women, but mm. they are very, very distinctly different from Jewish people. Yeah. Yep. You know, mm. you can tell if you had a Jewish-Ethiopian couple, they're going to produce just beautiful kids, mm. uh, but you're going to you, you're, going, you're going to tell when they walk mm. into church. It's like, well, isn't that nice? Mm. But that's because of the fact that we live in 2022 rather than 1922. Mm. When, you know, particularly say, for instance, if you lived in the United States, there mm. would be a tremendous amount of social pressure on you mm. if you did that. And yet, we have it right here in the Bible. And the Bible is, you know. So there's an example of that. What about uh, relationship with a big age gap? Uh, yeah, my, my... So here's one. Here's one. I'll, I'll throw this one out right now. Uh-huh. Because here's one that if you go back to 1922, that's not going to be an issue. Uh-huh. That's going to be normal. Mm. But in 2022, if you have a 20-year-old that marries a 50-year-old, he's just going to get called... Like a creep, yeah. A creep, yeah. and she's going to get called a gold digger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's our culture, our society today. Mm. Anyway, you were going to say? Oh, I was just going to say like the classics like Ruth and Boaz. Ruth and Boaz. Yeah. Absolutely. He was he was probably at least 50 years old and she was probably in, you know, late teens, early 20s. Mm. Um, and, you know, there are many other examples similar to that in, in, in the Bible where you've got a, a large age gap. All right. Uh, while we're on that subject, what about the idea of a wo- woman proposing to a man in the middle of the night while they're alone together in the fields mm. and he's out camping? <laughs> you know, the story of Ruth and Dallas yeah, is yeah, a pretty that's wild right, story that's right, right there, isn't yeah. it? And once again, okay, so it's 2022, but you go back to 1922 and there would be a lot of, Preachers who would say, no, that's not right. That's not how it's supposed to happen. And that's because of culture. This is what happens when culture, when our culture becomes so important to us that we try and find biblical justification for our culture rather than the other way other way around. Mm. And we say, you know, this is wrong and that is wrong and the other is wrong because of what our culture says and we try and find a biblical justification for it when actually that biblical justification doesn't actually exist. Mm. Uh, let me think of some other examples right here. All right, so here's a one. Here's an interesting one. What about mar- mar- marrying someone that has a- an immoral past? Okay, well, that's like kind of a – that's like really acceptable. Yeah, it's now. 2022. Like you, you just – you work it out, you know. That's right. You have, everyone you everyone a, has a you past. You have a conversation together and you be open about your past and you like, yep, I'm prepared to accept that and you move on. Yeah, particularly in the Christian context, right? Yeah. Like so many people coming from kind of outside or even inside yeah. with, with baggage. Yeah, yeah. Very few people these days don't have a past. Yeah. Uh, however, if you go back to the time of Jesus in the first century, uh, if you had an immoral past and you got married to somebody that, and you suddenly found out that that person was not a virgin, mm. if it was a woman, 
Okay, not if it's a man, but mm. if it's a woman and they're not a virgin, then you legally could uh, just divorce them and have the whole marriage annulled on the spot. Wow. Because that was the culture of the time. It's not what the Bible taught, but it was the culture of the time. Mm. And so there's an interesting one. Uh, someone who married in a moral past, we would think of Hosea and Goma. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're about to jump into uh, some more Bible study, but we have another clue for our quiz. That's right. Our last clue for the quiz. I raised Hannah's son, Samuel. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. And if you do know the answer, you can call or text us that answer and say, may I enter the quiz? And your name will go into the draw to win our Bibliopoly board game, which will be... Uh, drawn tomorrow but again that that last clue was i raised hannah's son samuel okay so somebody sent a question through here how old was rebecca when she was married to isaac google research says 14 do you know well of course you don't trust everything you find off of google because a quick google google search that i did gave me uh 3 10 or 14 all as people claiming those as being different ages for rebecca did you say three? three yes there's a very strong argument out there that uh, or very strongly held, not a strong argument, but a strongly held argument that claims that she was three. How did she water the camels? This is a very valid question. <laughs> this is a very valid question. Anyway, um, we're going to put that in for question of the day. And uh, we just want to remind all of our listeners that if you have a Bible question that you would like to send through, we have not yet had a question that we have not answered here on The Breakfast Show. So do send your questions through. We would love to hear from you. We will put it into our bank of uh, questions for question of the day. We were starting to get a little bit low until this one came through. We were down to, I think, uh, our last one today. So we need to build up that bank of questions again. So, yeah, send those questions through. And let's find out. We also had another uh, text message that came through here from uh, David in Western Australia who says, we have an 18-year law about marriage, praise God, uh, voting and drinking. So 18 years old, that's when you can uh, get married, vote or drink. So why not, if someone wants to change their gender, do it at 18? I absolutely, totally agree with that. Yeah, you can consent. That's right. You cannot. No child can give consent previous mm. to that age. And so if a child cannot give consent then they, that's a decision that they can't make. Mm. Simple as that. Uh, Braden says in the Abraham case, they were really putting their faith in God. And in that respect, I think we should all have arranged marriages. Arranged by God. That That is so true. That is yes. like, that is the truth. Because what, like, how does Abraham arrange this marriage? We're going to see. It's like, does Abraham, like, go out and just look for someone pretty and then it's like, oh, you're, you're good. Uh, you can, you can come and be my son's wife. No. He actually he sends his servant out. He sends his servant out with very strict instructions and he trusts his servant because his servant is a very godly man mm. and his servant asks God for a sign and God speaks. Mm. <clears throat> anyway, oh, okay, so, um, yeah, well, here we go. Please keep my name anonymous so my daughter doesn't find out. Lawson sounds like a nice Christian guy on radio. <laughs> <laughs> here it goes, here it goes. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes, it's all happening here on The Breakfast Show. <laughs> it is all happening here on The Breakfast Show. <laughs> we're we're going to have it sorted. 
<laughs> All right, send your text messages through, guys. Ah, oh, we, 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 see, see, we don't just, we just don't just, uh, we don't just hear what your thoughts are on the don't, Bible study. That is wild. We could get Lawson married off, but by the end of this show. <laughs> So, um, yeah. Keep I, my I, name anonymous. Yes. <laughs> I have a daughter. She, she has a daughter. Or he has a daughter. I don't even know if this is, I think it could be a he. It's, it's Wait, do you even know who this is? I have no idea who this is. <laughs> but I think producer but Shell producer probably Shell got the knows number. Who this is. Oh, okay. The number. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> this is good fun. Um <clears throat> So let's. I, I think. I think that. Um, I think that I should speak to these people's parents, and I should make these arrangements, laws. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, and we'll just set a date. Um, and uh, you know, I'll turn up. Just bring a couple of witnesses. We'll be all good. <laughs> Problem sorted. No longer single laws. <laughs> this is like. Right, okay, this is like so embarrassing. If you've got a daughter, you've got a daughter. You know what I text? A single daughter. You know what I text? Message is. Um. <laughs> oh, yikes! <laughs> Anyways, all right. So we've got an, I've got another long text message there. I'll keep that one for later because mm. we need to get back into our Bible study. Mm. We need to actually read our passage. Our passage under question here. Uh, so let's jump into it. And uh, where are we up to there, Lawson? Let's read uh, Genesis twenty-four. And starting in verse one, the Bible says Abraham was now a very old man, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. One day, Abraham said to his oldest servant, the man in charge of his household, "Take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. Swear by the Lord your God of he- heaven that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. And the servant asked, But what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to travel so far from home? Should I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives in the land you came from? No, Abraham responded. Be careful never to take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my native land, solemnly promised to give his this land to my descendants. He will send his angels ahead of you, and he will see to it that you will find a wife there for my son. If she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath of mine. But under no circumstances will you take my son there. Okay, so this is interesting, and somebody's actually sent through a really interesting observation here mm. because uh, the, 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 the taboo, there's another taboo here that exists today that did not exist back then. Mm. And this is a taboo that is broken, being broken back then, and it's actually a taboo that God creates mm. 400 years later. Yep. And that is the fact that Abraham has sent his servant back to his family mm. to find a wife from his family. Mm. That's going to make Isaac and Rebekah cousins. Mm. Now, you can't marry your cousin today, mm. and there's a good reason for That's that. That's very good. And God forbade this mm. in the strongest possible language in the book of Leviticus about 400 years later. Why was it not a problem back then? Um, well, I think the moral issue surrounding incest is actually because of biology. Yes. Um, and 
because the the problem is is when you marry your family like yes um because of the, you know you guys carry similar genes and you don't have like genes that the other person has that like you usually like your partner when when you come together to make like a, a child um yeah there are certain genes that you know, will be missing. She from has each genetic one. defects. She has genetic Gen- defects, but they're different from each other. And so they and so all they match get, up they and they make sense. Yeah, and they all match up, and they so then the baby comes out and it's good. But in uh, in cases of incest, because like you have similar genetic defects, yes. then that leaves the the baby with like very prone to genetic defects. That's right. And like if there's like lineage of incestuousness it's just like even after like two generations like it just goes down four completely breaks down like to the point where yeah we see actually a a lot when we observe like kings and whatnot in history like royal families in history where they had lots of intermarriage between their family and the kids are just like messed up like really really deformed so it's yeah really heavy situation There's a, there's a uh, part of my family history uh, that goes back to the late 1800s, early 1900s, where there was some cousins that got married because that was a thing back then. Mm. And, and you know, you can see the genetic deformities passing down through four generations mm. as a result of that. Mm. Not in my bloodline, I should say. Oh, praise the Lord. Yes, just, just <laughs> specifying that right there, just specifying <laughs> that. But it does. It passes down through the generations. And so this is why God outlawed it. Why didn't he outlaw it back then? Well, the answer is very simple. Human beings were a lot closer to perfection. They were mm-hmm. a lot closer to Eden, and he didn't outlaw it until it became a problem. So this is a this is a, 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 a principle of health that God has established at this particular time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. But right now, it is time for... Question of the Day. And our question of the day today is, Mark 4, 10 to 13, uh, what is Jesus saying here and what does it mean? Okay, this is an interesting, interesting passage. The Bible says in, in verse 10, Mark 4, verse 10, when he was alone, uh, the disciples asked him about the parable. And, of course, this was the parable of the sower with the four different kinds of ground. He said to them, It is given to you to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto those that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know you not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? It's like, don't you understand what this parable is all about? How are you going to understand other parables? And so Jesus is really challenging his disciples here to really think about the things that he's saying and to try and you know decipher them for themselves. Uh, in other words, the, the parallel today would be Jesus challenging us to go and read the Bible and study it and dig out the truths that are contained within it. <clears throat> But he talks about those that seeing they may may see and, and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, etc. And of course, he's quoting from the book of Isaiah. So to understand what's happening here, we need to go back to Isaiah and we need to read the passage that this is being quoted from. And so in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 9, the Bible says, uh, he said, Go and tell this people, hear you indeed, but don't understand. See indeed, but don't perceive. Make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes Lest they, sh- lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and are converted and healed. And there's a little bit of reverse psychology going on here, where God is actually really challenging His people. And He's saying, like, yeah, don't don't even listen to this because if you do, you're going to be converted and healed. So just stay sick. Mm. 
you know and it's and it's a little bit like you know if if somebody comes to you and you're in and, and they're in pain and you can see that they're in pain and like hey i've got the solution for your pain and they don't want to know about it it's like okay fine just keep your pain stay sick don't even listen to anything i have to say you just live with your pain so this is this is typical you know reverse psychology where god is actually challenging these people to uh to come to him to deal with with their pain in the, the thought continues further on in isaiah if you go over to chapter 29 where the Bible says, stay yourselves and wonder, cry out. These people are drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. Well, what is their problem? It says, the Lord has poured upon you the spirit of a deep sleep and has closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers, has he covered. Once again, God is challenging them and says, look, you guys are all asleep and you're all drunk. He says, the vision of all has become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men, when, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, read this. He says, oh, I can't. Because it's sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, read this. And he says, oh, I can't, because I'm not learned. You know, they're just making excuses here, excuse after excuse after excuse. It's like, you know, read it to, read it, you know, you're somebody who is literate, so read it. Well, no, nah, that's a sealed book. I'm not going to read that one. And so, okay, pass it to somebody who's not literate. Well, you know, I'm not literate. Nobody wants to read the word of God. The Bible says, wherefore the Lord has, uh, wherefore the Lord said, for as much as these people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the teachings of men. And so what Jesus is outlining here is a sector of society that have closed their minds off to the word of God. And what he's doing is he's challenging that sector of society and saying, look, okay, don't listen to it. Because if you don't want to be converted, if you don't want to change, then don't listen. And, you know, in evangelism from time to time, we will say the same kinds of things. We will say, look, if you're happy with your life the way it is, if your life, you know, is, you know, don't become a Christian because if you become a Christian, God is going to change your life and it's going to be infinitely better than what it is right now. You know, this is the, this is the kind of message that we will often put out there and it's a way of catching people's attention and saying, yeah, you know what, my, my life is not that great. There are a whole bunch of things in my life that are truly broken and I need Jesus and I really want this. One final text message, just sneaking this one through here. It is a bit of a long one, but it's interesting and important. Everyone should read the Gay Manifesto from 1987. It will open your eyes. Uh, transhumanism is happening before our very eyes. The wow. agenda to trans is becoming the norm taught in schools in Hollywood. That's true. Uh, and the internet, Lucifer hates women, hates God's creation. God made us. I'm his image. The devil is transforming man in his image. Daniel 11.37 says the Antichrist... Uh, neither shall about the Antichrist, neither shall he regard the God of his father nor the desire of women. God's image is under attack. It's a very strongly worded um, text message right here, and I think it is very relevant um, to where we are right now with you know the biblical family being broken down from absolutely every side. I just want to say that you know I know a lot, obviously a lot of LGBT uh, people and even LGBT activists that don't agree with a lot of what is being done uh, in these you know. Agendas that are happening mm. around the world, but we, it's a sign of the times. Jesus is coming mm. back soon. Okay. And we just want to encourage everybody. Yes. These are dark days. Yes. We have some serious stuff taking place in our world, but Jesus is coming back soon. Let's focus our eyes on Jesus today and remember that this world of sin will soon come to an end. Don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ.
for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.